the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life of Influence isn't achieved overnight. It's, it's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination and provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it is I'm offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big mailed to you as a gift. I'll also give you 30-day access to my Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, mediocre to extraordinary, from small to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is just for you. Claim your free book and, and get uh, your free 30-day access to my growth lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com. You were made to think big, too big, Tomorrow can be bigger yeah. Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah Live a life bigger than yourself You're created for greatness Live a life bigger than yourself Hello, welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer We are so glad that you joined us today. We believe that the truth of God's word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big message. Well, we're going to get right into today's word. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. But the point I was going to make was simply that it's not enough to say I love you, the Lord, once and then go through the rest of your life. And never say it again. What type of relationship is that? Or what if I told my wife, honey, I love you in my heart. But I never say, you know, honey, you're beautiful. Where is she? She's up there. Honey, you're beautiful. Or, or, or you know, that, that was a, a good dinner. Or that was a real smart answer. Or, or what have you. You know, it's not enough just to say it once. So we're in a relationship with God. And it's a daily relationship. So we should daily recognize him and celebrate him and And uh, that's why we take a moment like that on a Sunday. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. Father, open eyes today, and we give you all the honor and all the glory for what you accomplished. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion. What does that word sound like, by the way? All right, thank you. Century. And century means how many years? 100 years. So... Uh, And that's one of the reasons why actually the word century means 100. In the time of Jesus, a Roman legion consisted of about 6,000 soldiers. 
And those 6,000 soldiers were broken into or broken down into 10 different cohorts. And then the cohorts were, were broken down into six centuries. So you had the 6,000 that became 600 that were reduced into 100 men. So this centurion was, was like a, a captain or a major in today's army. And uh, he was over 100 soldiers. And the Bible said the centurion came to Jesus pleading with him. Now, Luke gives us some more details, and we're going to go to him in just a moment. And Luke tells us that he actually sent messengers. Now, you, you might think, well, why, you know, it seems that there's a contradiction in the Bible. No, that, that's, that's not so. We got to go back to, to, to those that wrote the, the, the book here. In the ancient world, what a person said or did through a, a, an agent was the same as what they did or said themselves personally. This is why Jesus said in Matthew 25 and verse 40, he said, as you did it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to who? Me. Meaning if you do it to those I send, you're actually doing it to me. Does, does that make sense? So what scripture understands sends it over and over again. Remember we talked a couple of weeks ago about what happened with uh, Saul uh, when, when God knocked him off the horse and, and he gave his life to Jesus. Uh, Jesus spoke to Paul and he said, why persecuteth thou me? Why are you persecuting me? Now, he thought he was persecuting the church, but God took it personally because the church was Christ's emissary in the earth, his ambassadors. So uh, Jesus took it personally. So, so when you uh, hurt or harm anyone that represents God, you are, in fact, harming God. Okay. Now, when I got married, God very quickly taught me a, a principle. I started talking about, she's my wife. One day, God was like, well, she's my daughter. And how I treat her reflects on how I feel about him. So I'm already off the subject. But how can you say you love the God you can't see and you don't love the folk you do see? Each of you in this room represent Jesus to me. He lives on the inside of you. He loves you. He died and bled for you. I preach to you as if I was preaching to Jesus himself, if he was born in your situation, with your personality, your gender, and whoever you are, because ultimately what I do for you, I'm doing for him. That's why we serve so hard. The folks in here, all that we do, people out in the rain in the parking lot, because they realize if we've done it to the least of these Christ brethren, we've done it unto him. So, so that's, I know where my blessings come from, and it comes from being a blessing to Jesus. All right. So any help we give to God's people, it's as if we're helping Jesus himself. Live with that mindset. Luke chapter 7. Luke gives us details that, that Matthew uh, doesn't in some places and vice versa. So let's take a look at Luke. It says, in a certain centurion servant who was dear, he was beloved and important to him. Here's a man with the most violent occupation on the globe. I mean, you couldn't conceivably imagine a job more violent than this centurion's job. He was the leader of an occupying army. 
a member of a conquering race. He was an Italian, and, and, and he was, uh, you know, in the Middle East, far away from home, and the Italians hung out together. And he, he also participated, the Bible's about to, to, to teach us this, in one of the worst cultural practices in human history, slavery. But amazingly, despite all this, he still valued people. So what's our defense? Einstein said this. He said, let's not focus on becoming people of success, but rather people of value. And he said he, he had a servant or he had a slave. But despite somehow the institution, he cared about this slave. And this slave happened to be sick, and he was on his deathbed. He was ready to die. And again, this man cared. So when he heard about Jesus, thank God somebody told him about Jesus. Amen? Matter of fact, this is what this, this church is all about. A bunch of nobodies trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody who's willing to put their trust in him. So after the centurion, as tough and as rough and a, a guy as he was, after someone told him that Jesus was a healer, someone told him that Jesus was a yoke destroyer, a bird remover, a life changer, when he heard the message, and this is why people got to hear the right message about Jesus. We got to get the message right. He sent elders of the Jews. You see, when we get the message right, folk will show up and folks will come. He sent elders to him pleading with him to come and heal his servant. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible and you're doing your, your, your read through this year, you know that often in Scripture the elders were, were at conflict or critical of Jesus. But at this point in Jesus' ministry, they, they were more frightened by the sword than they were uh, resentful of Jesus' growing popularity. Someone said that, that fear stands for forget everything and run. I think that's a really good definition. And I think in this case, this is exactly what these men did when the centurion inquired. There was a Roman asking about Jesus, and they immediately ran to get Jesus and make sure that Jesus uh, did exactly what this man wanted. Verse 4. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him. Again, this, this, is, this is a big deal. They begged him earnestly. There's a, there's a bunch of words here. Begged and earnestly, meaning they were really saying, Jesus, please, we need you to do this. But here's the deal. They understood that the Romans hated the Jews and that the Jews hated the Romans. The animosity between them was absolutely enormous. But what's amazing is this guy had, had enough courage to begin to break down some of these walls. Here, here's some good advice. When someone hurts you, cry a river, but then build a bridge to get over it. A little good advice. And they were saying that the man that they did this for, he should do it because he was deserving. Now, again, these elders typically would have been the enemies of these Jewish elders, but actually they vouched for him. And I pray that, God, that, that more of us would have testimonies like this where even our enemies have to speak well of us because of the life that we live. You know, life will supply us with stones every day, you know, troublesome stones, burdensome stones. But whether we build a wall or a bridge is up to us. This guy took those problems and he built a bridge. And then he went on and said, for he loves our what? Nation. Now, in Genesis, God said to Abraham, he made this promise. He said, I will bless those who bless you. 
and I will curse those who what? Curse you. How many know that Jesus is the word of God? Yes. So he's fulfillment of every promise that God has ever made in all history and before history. So all Jesus could do, if he's the word of God, is what God promised to do to Abraham centuries earlier. Basically, by him blessing the centurion, blessing God's people, he set himself up for a blessing. Why? Because God never forgets his promise. Let's, let's keep looking. Matter of fact, let, let's go to Psalms 89 and 34. This is a scripture that we ought to memorize and meditate on. L- listen to God's commitment. He said this, my covenant I will not break, nor ever, ever alter the word that's gone out of my lips. God and his word are one. God and his word have been one for all eternity, meaning God is not a man that he should lie. God cannot lie. If he says it, it is. That's just the nature of God. I mean, he started talking, hey, tree be and tree was and, and you know, uh, fish be and fish became. God can't lie. He can't say something and, and it not be true. It's just impossible because he's not a man like us that might lie. So if God and his word are one, Jesus is the word of God. Jesus could not violate even the smallest point in God's word and remain one with God. Did I lose you there? Luke 7 and 5, let's get back. He said, for he loves this this centurion, loves our nation, and he's even built us a synagogue. This guy, the Bible says, the Bible says that the Gentiles are actually strangers to the covenant. This guy didn't even have a covenant with God. He wasn't raised in Sunday school. This was a guy that, that, you know, was sometimes up to his ankle and and body parts. But the Bible says the stranger to the covenants built us a synagogue. He wasn't even a member of the church, but he got involved in their building project. Hint, hint, but okay, that's that's (laughs) it. So watch what Jesus did, because you can't outgive God. You cannot bless God's people, and then God not bless you. Jesus is the walking word and will of God. So even though the elders of him might have had issues, when he heard that this man was a blessing to God's people, it says this, then Jesus, what? Went with them. If you want Jesus to be with you, continue to bless God's people. And it says, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to Jesus. And they were were saying to him on his behalf, Lord, do not trouble yourself. Now, this is amazing. Again, this is a rough and tumble individual. But he's incredibly considerate. It's, It's amazing the character of this individual, I mean, a centurion, these guys beat up people on the street. They take your stuff. They knock your things over. But here we have this, in spite of his job, in spite of what he did for a living, we have one of the most gentle men that you can imagine here. And it says here, Lord, don't, don't trouble yourself. What he was saying was, again, he's an Italian. He is a centurion. He could tell, hey, hey, Jewish guy, carry everything, that carry all of my armor for the next mile. And they had to. They were obligated by law. 
When he walked into a room, he expected people to treat him a certain way. He was the power in the land. He had a sword and a spear in his hand. He had a hundred soldiers at his beck and call at any time. But still, watch the attitude of this centurion. He's like, listen, Jesus, don't even bother, you know, walking all the way to, to my house. In fact, I know some of the, the requirements and the ceremonial necessities that will come if you get in contact with a Gentile in his home. So I don't even want you to go through all that. This guy is incredibly considerate. This is an amazing man. And then he said, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Though this man had the high opinion of others, he somehow maintained a proper perspective and opinion of himself. And, 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 you know, sometimes our titles puff us up. He's the great century. People salute him, but he still had a proper estimate of who he was. And don't let your money, your title, and, and, and the stuff you've accomplished give you this big old head. You understand what I'm saying? In spite, again, he, he's, he's, he's Italian in the age of Rome. He's a soldier. But he said, I'm not worthy. And what's, what's interesting here is the elders came to Jesus pronouncing that he was deserving. So in other words, in the natural and from every outward circumstance, he looked like a deserving man, but, but, but he recognized on the inside he was undeserving. People said he was worthy, but he knew that he was, um, see, people might call you a lot of things, but it's what you know and what you, you understand what I'm saying? It's what you know on the inside, what you admit on the inside. Now, now, thank God you celebrate me and all the rest, but I know where I come from. I know, you hear what I'm saying? My need. My prayer is God give us enough confidence to hold our heads high. But Lord, uh, enough humility to keep looking up. And this man had this strange combination a power, strength, and humility. And my prayer is that all of us as a congregation, in spite of the blessings, in spite of the prestige and the power and, and, and the places God brings us, that we will always remember we are here but by the grace of God. And that we recognize, you know, there go I save for, the, for, for that grace and that mercy that, that God has shown. May, may we never get so haughty that we forget. That the blessings in our lives are undeserved. I am not worthy of the next breath I'm about to breathe. I'm not worthy of another healthy day in this body. I am not worthy of, of sensing God's presence in myself. And this man, because of this realization, he was able to step into a level of revelation that the Bible had to record and write about. And it's interesting that it wasn't a Jewish sage that God got this information to us from. It was from the most unlikely. It was from a man you would never expect this type of behavior. This is who God used to teach this lesson. Verse 7. He said, therefore, I didn't even think myself worthy to come to you. This is why this man got results. You see... We ask God to do things for us based on how good we are instead of how good God is. You see, faith in itself is not a meritorious act. 
The merit is in the one to whom it's directed. No, y'all don't get it yet. The challenge is many of us have been in church, different churches for a long time. And we've been trained wrong. And we go to God, Lord, I tithe. Lord, I serve. Lord, I go to church. Lord, I do X, Y, and Z. You ought to what? What? What was the cross all about? Jesus did not teach us to pray in our own names, but in his name. I don't know if I lost you. Listen, I thank God. I, listen, I tithe because God's good. I, I, I try to live a, a, a right life because I don't want to break his heart. But there's not enough money in the world that I could give to any church or anybody that can merit a relationship with an almighty, holy God. This is why often we don't have a lot of faith. Because we look at ourselves to determine how much faith we could have for the ask. <laughs> We're like, well, okay, I'm going to be good for seven days. I'm going to try to do everything right. And then on the seventh day, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to ask big. The problem is, if you're like me, you've messed up just about everything you ever tried. Yeah. And, and, and the reality is, if I have faith in myself, I'm only going to have faith sometimes and maybe when I'm at my best. But God doesn't want to put that type of pressure on me. So he said, listen, dude, I know you. I know y'all. So I'm not trying to put that burden on you. Okay. I'm taking way too long with this message. Y'all still with me? Okay. All right. I'm going to finish that point. Passover, a worshiper brought a lamb. And then that lamb was to be kept by the priest for several days. I think it was three. And the priest would then inspect the lamb for those three days to make sure that the lamb was without blemish that the offering was spotless. Pay attention. The priest never inspected the worshiper. I'm going to help you here. He inspected the sacrifice. So when I go to God in prayer, I'm looking to the sacrifice the spotless lamb of God that laid down his life for me. My faith is not in me, it's in him. And because of him, I could have boldness and confidence before the almighty. He said, but, but say the word, the centurion. This is where I wanted to get to today. He didn't confine Jesus like we do. God might do a miracle when I'm at church and when everyone's excited. Maybe I'll lay hands on people uh, if everybody in the room believes. This man believed Jesus could heal with a word as easily as with a touch. See? 
I don't know if you're catching me. We say, I got to feel a sensation. Touch me, Lord. This man was unchurched. Listen, I love to be touched by God. Don't mishear me. But been married for 25 years. I think I can say this. Love it when my wife touches me. Watch yourselves. <laughs> but imagine if all day long I needed her to do like this all day long. Oh, let me know you're there. Let, let me know you love me, Lord. Let, let, honey, let, let me know you love me. Oh, wait, I don't feel you. I don't feel you. Come, come back here. Come back here. That's how we do God. I don't feel like you love me. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermitu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click gracechurchva.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's gracechurchva.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have, but until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. God wants you to live a life bigger than yourself, inspired by the vision he has for you. Sometimes we get stuck on our journey. We know something needs to change, but we don't know what or how. The question we must ask ourselves is, how do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, Dr. Derek Greer has developed an assessment tool to reveal where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will identify the barriers keeping you from moving forward. Once you complete this free assessment, you'll be able to claim free a copy of Dr. Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. To get started, visit CanILiveBig.com today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.